Hello and welcome to IB There. Today is Thursday, September 24th, 2020, almost at 2002. Uh, my name is Joe Pilla. I am the director of the Programmatic and Data Center here at IAB, and I'll be your host for today's episode of IAB's live stream talk show, IAB There, where we connect with leaders in the digital advertising ecosystem. Today's episode is very special for me. We, it's called, um, Will Cannabis Spark Add Revenue Across the U.S.? And our very special guest is Nicole Cosby, the Chief Data and Compliance Officer at FILA. Nicole, please join the screen. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks for having me. And so I'm always um, happy to um, have a conversation with you. And I was just thinking that I think next week is one year ago that we first started working on our first project by AB together. Oh my God, has it been a year? That's crazy. I think it's been a year. It was just about October. So a little bit about Nicole. She is the Chief Data and Compliance Officer at Philo. Philo is a next generation marketing tech platform that powers regulatory and marketing compliance at scale for the cannabis industry. Prior to joining Philo, Nicole was the global head of the advertising standards and the partnerships group at Publicis Media, one of my alma maters. And in addition to proudly serving on the board of Rock House Foundation, Nicole also volunteers in various youth and educational groups dedicated to improving the lives of young people in underserved communities through education, mentoring, and legal guidance. As a woman of color, Nicole finds it important for her to utilize her influence positively to impact diversity and inclusion, especially within the advertising industry. Active member of both IAB's Diversity Task Force, and she's also the co-founder and co-chair of IAB's Cannabis Advertising Working Group, which we worked on together. In 2018, Nicole was named by Synopsis to their Top women in digital, top women in digital list. She received the Facebook PMX Marissa Marolf Strength Award in 2019 and was named as one of Campaign Magazine's Digital 40 Over 40 awardees. But when I read that, I'm like, you're not over 40. That must be a mistake. No That's why we're friends, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get along because I have just great affection for you and all that you've accomplished. And when we first started working together last year, it was really exciting because we got to talk about cannabis, which is like an unusual vertical for IAB to be involved in, but it's just so important for the advertising ecosystem. And there's so much that can, that can be done programmatically that just makes sense for our project. So today's conversation is really about how um, cannabis, programmatic, and 2021 are all going to work together. We know that we are so close to the presidential election, and what we want to talk about is cannabis and growth and where it's coming from. So my first question for you, Nicole, is thinking about cannabis and the upcoming election, where do you think the growth is coming from? Since I know in New York, there's a lot of attention being paid to cannabis and will it be legalized or not? Yeah, well, first, thank you um, for even having me join this conversation um, uh, in speaking, you know, as a uh, representative of Philo, um, who's a company that was created to address uh, the marriage between cannabis and uh, mainstream media and advertising and marketing. Um, it's been an interesting year um, in a lot of ways, as we all know. Um, but for cannabis, I think it's been even more. So um, the kind of monkey wrench uh, that happened uh, early on is that as 2020 was emerging, there were hundreds of different legislative measures across the country 
um, uh, speaking to cannabis, some form of cannabis legalization, either legalization for the first time, uh, typically as it relates to uh, medicinal uh, legalization or even expansion into adult use or what we refer to as recreational. Mm -hmm. um, uh, then COVID. <laughs> so with the emergence right. of, of COVID across the country, um, not just for cannabis as a vertical, which um, I appreciate you even addressing it as a vertical, which it is from an advertising perspective, but all business sectors were, were impacted. But there were certain sectors that saw growth because of a change in behavior, um, because of a change in lifestyle, um, a change in, in consumption patterns. And cannabis was one of these categories. States who had legalization saw um, increases in sales between 30 to 40%. Uh, for example, particularly mm -hmm. in Oregon saw a 30% increase in sales uh, in, in cannabis. Huge boon uh, to a state's economy that is being decimated on one side um, by the health issues and uh, just general financial issues and jobless claims uh, on one side. But then there's a burgeoning opportunity of this emerging business on the other to offset that, those revenue losses. So with that emergent, we saw a lot of emergency legislations to allow uh, for cannabis delivery and businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the piece where you started, New York, of course, um, the focus has remained uh, the COVID measures and COVID protection and healthcare funding uh, and, and all of the necessary uh, kind of basic needs requirements. And the cannabis legislation has kind of taken a back burner, but it's still on the docket for New Jersey. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out from the ballot come November. Um, and then you're seeing states like Virginia, who also had legislation slated for November. But again, due to needs for revenue in their state, they pushed through legalization July 1st uh, in Virginia for medical legalization, which opened up uh, a tax pool of revenue for them. Um, same mm -hmm. thing for Vermont this week in Vermont. Uh, their state legislator, Slater, um, passed an adult use bill that's now pending gov governor's signature. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Pennsylvania governor is actively um, kind of fighting against uh, the uh, GOP legislator to push forward um, uh, legalization there as well, all under the guise of, of offsetting tax revenue and driving more uh, revenue just statewide uh, as we move into 2020. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because as COVID was uh, really becoming more active, it was the March-April timeframe, which we were working on our original project, our programmatic advertising, a closer look at cannabis. And we had the curbside um, curbside service was newly enacted and we made sure to include that because that kind of caught, caught me, you know, off guard a little bit. So um, it's great to see that this is continuing to get the attention that we're hoping that it, that it gets because there's so much money to really be made in this industry. So when we think about legalizing cannabis, what do you think like the benefits are for advertising and marketing ecosystem? Because with programmatic, we are able to do so much more. And one of the things I think that is very difficult around cannabis for especially publishers and brands that are getting into this space for the first time is that there is so many, there are so many regulations and compliance issues which I know you address on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I, I think it goes back to, again, where you started in even referring to cannabis as a vertical, um, which it mm -hmm. is, uh, it, marketers need to do is uh, retrain their thinking, retrain their thinking in, uh, we're speaking not just to 
smokable marijuana. <laughs> We're not speaking about, right. you know, joint and that sort of thing. Cannabis is a vertical. And for marketers who are always trying to agencies, uh, publishers, um, even existing uh, kind of non-cannabis related brands, everybody's looking for the next new. A lot of that next new in terms of programming has come in the form of data. But where is the last time you've seen a net new audience or net new audience segments be made available um, in the marketplace? Uh, when's the last time you've seen a net new vertical strategy that encompasses uh, food and beverage, health and wellness, uh, beauty, um, et cetera? And it, you haven't, uh, it, it, we really haven't seen that opportunity. And that's what it is for marketers. Marketers have to retrain their thinking that this is a new vertical. So then in retraining your thinking that this is a new vertical, then how do you tackle it? Um, if you're an agency mm -hmm. or, or that has a strong arm uh, in health, wellness, and beauty, and your your clients are uh, large uh, beauty retailers, um, you're, you should be by now noticing uh, the huge uptick in CBD uh, brands, CBD infused brands, um, uh, vitamin stores, wellness stores, et cetera, uh, have CBD uh, based oils and tinctures and products that are flying off the shelves, as well as CBD lotions you can buy at the checkout counter at your grocery store. So while these are daily occurrences that you may see in your, your life, how are you then translating that into programmatic ad dollars? And so this is mm -hmm. where the marriage that we've been doing at Philo because it's an education on both sides. For the cannabis brands who are generating incomes, uh, annual revenues of 100 to 200 to 300 million a year, uh, many of them have done this on the backs of uh, what we as marketers would think as um, advertising 101, email marketing, direct mm -hmm. mail, um, very basic for those who have segued into um, online advertising. Um, it's been direct buys uh, at endemic sites. Um, and so there's a huge opportunity for them to reach um, a publisher audience who may um, be struggling to retain the same ad dollars that they saw pre-COVID, to retain the same ad dollars um, that they saw um, pre just uh, the kind of contentious content and news cycle that emerges where some advertisers may be hesitant um, uh, to sit against certain content. This is an opportunity um, to expand uh, into a new advertising vertical and still reach that scale, scope, uh, and audience that they may not even realize um, who are avid uh, cannabis purchasers across all levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the things, just when you were going down the laundry list of all the different types of cannabis being infused across so many SKUs of products, I'm just starting to hear more and more about people that are trying cannabis that you've never thought would try before. And um, I believe Martha Stewart has her own line. And one of the things we've talked about is as brands enter this space, like you're saying, they're using these traditional tactics of email marketing and things that are not as creative or maybe as new media as we would think. So it's interesting when someone like Martha Stewart, who has the wealth of so many channels at her disposal, I, the first thing I thought about was Nicole is going to be so excited because she knows how to do programmatic advertising. So what do you think about the way brands are first entering into this space and some of the things that maybe they should do or they should think about to get started in this space to really to stand out because it is starting to get more and more crowded. Right. It is starting to get more and more crowded. Um, a, the answer on both sides, whether you are 
uh, let's say a publisher or um, an ad tech partner looking to accept this type of advertising or whether you're an advertiser, um, due diligence has to be done. So understanding that this is a, a regulated industry, um, a regulated industry um, and thinking from it in the same mindset that um, you put in place the same parameters to advertise for your pharma clients and pharmacy clients and your alcohol clients or your tobacco clients, that same diligence needs to be put into cannabis. Uh, and you're able to do that. Um, it, it shouldn't be a knee-jerk reaction that folks hear, hear cannabis and think I can't advertise. Uh, there are guidelines. Um, and uh, the beauty of what Philo is introducing to the marketplace and our acquisition of Canaregs uh, is that we've stacked into our services a regulatory database that does that navigation for uh, advertisers and brands. That also does that compliance navigation for our, our ad tech partners. Because just as with um, alcohol regulations, tobacco regulations, pharma regulations, um, in many cases there are state-by-state -state requirements about what can be advertised, what types of cannabis products can be advertised, and what types can't. Um, but then again, that's just when you just step away again from the scary quote-unquote cannabis wor uh, word, that's targeting. So understanding where you can target, how you can target, the audience you can target to, the age demographic requirements, and you're putting together uh, all those campaign setup guidelines, the attributes, the performance, brand awareness, reach and frequency, all still there, just set compliantly um, according to what the state requirements are, and you're able to run programmatically. So for us, it's it, we make sure that we're not just um, taking dollars and spray and pray. Um, advertisers and brands in the market should not do it blindly. Um, of course, as they well know, the diligence they're putting into getting their products to market um, and understanding that regulatory compliance, uh, the same exists on the advertising side, but it's all, you're able to navigate it all um, and we can help you do that. Yeah, and I, it's amazing, you know, how much precision really is needed for a category that is so dynamic and complex, whether it's the regulatory components. And I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the different uses for products and what you're allowed to say and not allowed to say. So even the publishers who are moving into this direction, there are some guidelines that they use. And I know we've talked about how they're getting a little bit more open with, uh, and, and a little more open with some of the policies. And also seeing that, especially in an age of COVID, where we're looking for, products that are going to help us be less stressed. They're going to help us get through our daily lives. There's so many opportunities in this space. And we had another conversation a few days ago, just thinking about how we haven't gone to the doctor because we haven't left our house. So you think about some of the ways that cannabis brings some reward and some, you know, mental health, even though in many instances we can't exactly say that in all states because there are certain FDA scenarios that are present. So I think one of the things that when you were talking, I was thinking a lot about the first-party data components that a lot of brands have at their disposal, especially if they've been in the programmatic space for a while. I want to talk a little bit about some of the audiences that are getting created and how programmatic can really be beneficial to brands. Yeah, so even whether you're a cannabis brand or whether you're not a cannabis brand, um, the other aspect of programmatic um, that uh, folks kind of leave on the table, so to speak, um, is the data. Um, mm -hmm. To your point, who is, who is this consumer? Who is this uh, cannabis user? And it varies across the board. 
um, you know, you're seeing a high concentration of from millennials to parents who are um, using uh, edibles actually because they're at home <laughs> all day. Um, you're seeing um, still now um, moving into the THC category, um, you know, techies, foodies, um, in the topicals, to your point, wellness um, from uh, athletes, um, you know, uh, moms, um, folks who are looking for relaxation techniques using massage oils, lotions, et cetera. The, the gamut ranges for these for these audiences, but when you break them down, um, they are the audiences you know, but you've never been able to find them before because cannabis was never in the mix. So for example, to understand who that mom is, age uh, you know, 30 to 45 at a certain income level, certain education level, and to know that she's spending uh, X amount of dollars every month on CBD wellness products, I'm sure that a uh, beauty brand or a high-end beauty brand that wants to focus on organic uh, products or whole wholeness products would then like to target this person. We're making that data available. Uh, we're taking these segments via our cannabis clients and showing them a path that they are sitting on valuable data information uh, that they mm -hmm. are collecting for their purchasers, how to anonymize that data and then how these audiences can then be used to enhance and develop not just endemic use cases for them to ensure that they are finally reaching the true target audience that was intended and not just uh, kind of praying and hope that their 300 by 250 gets uh, the eyeballs from who they need to purchase, um, but actually uh, a dual use case in that a mainstream brand, a mainstream CB, uh, CPG brand or QSR brand um, who is looking to um, find that young man, man who, um, you know, who may be a target for their snack brand or find that woman who may be a target for um, their high-end coffee drink, et cetera, is also a CBD consumer. So we're bringing that marriage of data um, at Philo via our, our, our DMP and via partnerships where we're, we're starting to mm -hmm. actually engage um, beyond just uh, our cannabis brands and actually uh, working directly with a lot of the uh, top Fortune 100 and, and 500 brands um, to introduce them to these cannabis audiences, which in many ways, uh, beyond just traditional programmatic media buy, I think that's where the true value lies in expanding this world. And a lot of what you're saying there about who this consumer is, they're not isolated just to cannabis. Obviously, if they're looking for relaxation, they're looking for all the different attributes and the benefits that these products provide that opens up, you know, for like you said, the organic product market, it just seems like a natural fit that if you're looking for things that are more natural and organic, this is a very um, beneficial relationship, especially building like second party relationships. We talk a lot about, you know, the first party data, but now we're seeing more and more, especially in our state of data report, that brands are looking to take their first party data and find secondary partners that they maybe six months ago or a year ago weren't necessary because the world has changed so much. That's why I think going into 2021, cannabis really has the opportunity to kind of do what we're saying in our title, you know, will cannabis spark revenue in 2021? I think it's really pretty obvious because as we've been home, we've looked for these alternatives and this seems to be very specific in many ways, but also very broad because there are so many different ways we could use a product like cannabis. So with the programmatic targeting, it just feels like 
brands and advertisers have an opportunity to reach people in ways they hadn't before. And going back to what we said earlier, the idea is we need to use these innovative marketing tools and techniques rather than just email marketing, because I know we're all so inundated with that. We need things to stand out because there is an educational factor with this category. There are some biases that exist that, you know, people just need, they need that friend, that word of mouth. I'm from a school of, you know, word of mouth is so important. You know, have your friend or your friend's mom or dad or someone you trust. It makes a lot of sense. So yep. thinking about 2021 and you know, what role cannabis could play in programmatic, where do you see this going in the next year? Especially because this last year has been so complex and different. Next year, we just don't know what's going to happen, especially at this point in the election cycle. Yeah. I mean, I, it goes back to the original question, almost the topic. I see this as a revenue opportunity, um, a, a yep. very pure revenue opportunity um, in that there are a lot of changes going, uh, happening across the ad tech ecosystem, um, especially as it relates to programmatic. And, you know, with the advent of COVID, with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the shift in budget and dollars and uh, brands pulling back in some areas and trying to refocus and, and not, um, you know, being as uh, extravagant and, and, and touching even all channels of programmatic, narrowing their focus where uh, bigger brands at one point in time, you know, would spend across, you know, display, video, mobile, um, in-app, uh, digital out of home, et cetera. Um, now they're pulling back and focusing in certain areas where they know they're guaranteed a, a particular audience or a particular uh, return on investment. And, and I, you know, I see agencies trying to uh, kind of reinvent the, the wheel or, and or justify um, services. And it, when you think about cannabis, um, again, as this new vertical, it, that hard thinking to kind of turn everything on its head, I don't think you even need to do that. You, this is lending itself to a traditional programmatic model because it is brand new. So now this is for the first time, um, those uh, media partners, publishers, ad tech partners uh, that Philo has been working with get it, um, are exposing themselves and opening themselves up to new brands. Uh, when is the last time you had uh, for an ad tech partner, for uh, an agency, for a, uh, a publisher, a, a brand new brand who's never advertised with you before um, with 200 to $300 million in annual revenue, ready to advertise, say, hey, I, I'm trying to understand programmatic and I'm ready to spend my dollars. Um, there's not many categories or opportunities where that's happening. And that growth and that opportunity um, is going to continue on an upward trajectory as we move into 2021. Um, the opportunity here and, and, and what needs to happen is continuing education, um, understanding that compliance is key and knowing how to, to find uh, uh, the needs for that compliance, which Philo is, is bridging that gap for both media partners and brands. Um, and continue to do the diligence on both sides. Um, there is a way to connect uh, between the brand, the media buys, mm -hmm. the data, these audiences that they've never reached before. Um, on both sides, uh, once folks realize um, that there is an opportunity sitting right in front of them. And I think that that all is, you know, wonderful. We've talked a lot about that through our working group. And I'm really excited to see where this category goes next year. And everything that you guys are doing, it feels like Philo is the glue 
the successful programmatic in that space because the growth in your company just from a year ago is, is mind-blowing with the new acquisition and just making sure that, like, I think when someone with your title and your experience as the compliance officer and there's all these different fears that, oh, I'm going to get in trouble, something's not going to work, I feel like you you personally are like the insurance agent for making sure this gets done right. You know, you were like that with our, with our working group. Like you have a red pen and you're a red pen is what I fear, you know, in the sense of like, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do this. But um, Nicole, I want to thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and send my regards to Jess on your team. She's a wonderful asset at IMB as well. And our conversation will be available on video on demand. So we hope that people will watch us if they didn't see us live. And I look forward to seeing you in person. You know, hopefully very soon. I know. It's been too long, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, well, I have to make a few announcements coming up next week at IAB starting uh, Tuesday, September 29th. We're kicking off Audience Week. It's a week of programming comprised of two companion events. We have our REACH conference and our Video Leadership Summit. At the REACH conference, media buyers and planners can get the insights they need to kick off the 2021 planning cycle with media plans that perform in a time of change. The week culminates in the Video Leadership Summit, an invite-only gathering to discuss the challenges facing business leaders in the digital video landscape. For more information, you should go to iab.com forward slash events. We are also excited to announce that on the morning of day two of Audience Week of the REACH Conference, I, I get Audience Week and REACH Conference confused, but it's all basically the same thing happening next week. Hulu will be launching an introduction to streaming TV course that will be free to the industry. This high-level course is designed to teach you about the complex and evolving streaming TV landscape. You will also be able to develop a foundational knowledge of the video and streaming TV landscape, identify key streaming TV consumption and ad trends, understand the different types of creative opportunities, and gain insights about Hulu's customer research report generation streaming. For more information on this, please visit www.iab.com forward slash events forward slash 2020-iab-research-conference. Or you can just go to the website and show there's a giant picture that you can. Um, just a quick note that on tomorrow's show on IAB there, IAB's Eric John, Nina Munoz and Zoe Soon will join us to discuss 2020's Audience Week in more detail in a conversation hosted by IAB's Editor-in-Chief, Brad Behrens. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show was produced today by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Jafika Mohindidin. I'm Joe Pilla. Thank you very much for watching. See you again soon.